Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. All right, we are uh, going to get started here, my friends. Welcome to Political Coffee, the show that it talks about political issues of the day that are you know, relevant in your life, whether they're international, national right here in the Mid Valley in Oregon and right here in Salem, such as the Salem City Council last night voting to not rescind their highly unpopular and no doubt going down to a spectacular defeat income tax. You know, I want to talk about that today and then at the bottom of the hour we'll have our weekly Tuesday conversation with State Senator Dennis Linthicum to talk about the lawsuit that he and his fellow senators filed last week after we had had our Tuesday conversation with him. They went ahead and, and got filed. I think it was in, uh, I think it's on Thursday, but at any rate, um, I'm going to talk with him about that and forest fires. Where are we having so many of them? And how's the state doing in terms of preventing future forest fires? All of that is happening today. In the meantime, of course, there's other things going off there. Speaking of fires, do you see the story about Hawaii Electric is denying responsibility for the Maui fires? I mean, they got sued. Okay. By Maui. So the Maui Electric Company, Maui's trying to blame... The, the whole fire on Maui Electric, the electric Company, right? I mean, it worked pretty well in California, right, with PGE. Well, turns out they're claiming they shut the power lines off hours before the massive fire started. Okay. So all kinds of crazy theories are out there. Maybe they're not so crazy. I don't know. But, I mean, they're talking about, you know, directed energy weapons from space, the Chinese, maybe. Um, They're talking about blue lasers. They're talking about, this was all planned. So, it would be interesting to know Okay, what was the impact of Hawaii Electric turning off the power hours before the fire started? Who gave that order? Why? Did it impact the ability of firefighters to fight the fires? Well, a lot of unanswered questions here. But what they're doing is they're, they're den- now Hawaii Electric's they're publicly traded, I guess, and their stock just took this massive nosedive. And as soon as they came out and said, hey, guess what? We cut the power off hours before it started. So it couldn't have been us. Boom. Stock went right up through the roof, folks. Okay. 
we talk about that, we can talk about the Oregon housing crisis. The um, Lake Oswego Mary, Mayor Joe Buck says Governor Tina Kotek's housing production plan is a waste of time and resources. Why? Because it's just more bureaucracy and red tape. It's a story that's on, um, it's a coin six story. We're all aware, the lack of, quote, I'm quoting now from the story, we're all aware of the lack of housing in general, affordable housing and market rate housing is making our communities unaffordable for so many Oregons and locking people out of communities like Lake Oswego, leading to high rates of homelessness statewide. Oregon estimates we have about 140,000 units short of homes. That's not taking into account the additional housing we're going to need for the people moving into the state. Wink, wink, nod, nod for all of the illegal aliens that are coming to Oregon. Where are they going to live? Well, probably not. In Lake Oswego, where rich people live. Anyway, he continues. So the governor's right rightly set an ambitious goal of 36,000 homes a year. Here's the problem. Buck argues the governor's plan is meeting bureaucracy with more bureaucracy. How true. One thing he is quoted in saying, the Lake Oswego and other cities in the metro area are concerned about is what we're coming out of, what is that we're coming out of the legislature and policies coming from the governor's housing production advisory council. <laughs> There's a mouthful for you. Uh, they're centered around the notion that this lack of housing is due to onerous local building codes and cities are standing in the way. And the proposed solution is more bureaucracy in the form of a housing accountability office. So confronting the claim that bureaucracy is slowing down housing production with yet more bureaucracy and assuming that cities are bad actors is really a waste of time and resources. I do not know a single mayor in the metro area who's not working to ensure needed housing for residents, to ensure people who can work within their towns can afford to live there, and to ensure accessible and affordable housing for seniors and low-income residents, for those whom housing security has been a real issue. Well, you know what, Mr. Mayor, and all the other mayors that are supposedly working hard, just laughable on its face. Why don't you guys just go in and start cutting your own bureaucracies in your cities? And then prove what you're accusing the governor of. Now, I agree. Establishing a council with some authority here to make recommendations, that's just more bureaucracy trying to push more. It's totally the Marxist leftist way of doing things. And it's counterproductive. It's dumb. But that's the leftist way, isn't it? I think so. Talk about that. There's another survey in here story. Is Oregon's gas tax enough? This, by the way, is on OregonWatchdog.com. It's a great news aggregator. If you want Oregon-centric stories, it's run by my friend Jason Williams. Go to OregonWatchdog.com. Is Oregon's gas tax enough? What? Do you think, I mean, really? Why, it's a Portland Tribune story. Why would you ask that question? Especially with uh, gas prices going back up again. 
close to hitting five bucks a gallon. You gotta be kidding me. Is it enough? Does the sun rise in the east and set in the west? Let me ask you that. Uh, yeah, you could probably say that. There's lots more to talk about everything that's going on out there, but 503 589 1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Art, I'm going to get to you in just a momento. 503-589-1220. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am. Jeff at KSLM.news. A state employee who shall never be named was at the Salem City Council meeting last night. By the way, if you were there or if you listened, what do you think? He writes this. The Salem City Council voted to not repeal the proposed payroll tax initiative, but to keep it on the November ballot to, quote, let the voters decide, unquote. Well, gee, you could have done that to begin with. Of course, it's, you know, this person puts in parentheses, since enough signatures were submitted to force a vote. My question is this, why did four city council members and the mayor who originally voted to impose the payroll tax against the will of the, the vast majority of the people vote to keep this wildly unpopular initiative on the November ballot? Why, when they had the chance to repeal the initiative, did they refuse to do so? Now listen to this. Since these five arrogant city council members voted to impose the tax initially and now voted to go ahead and keep the repeal initiative on the ballot for a vote, do they know something we don't know? Apart from terrorizing the voters with untrue doomsday predictions about how funding for police, firehouses, libraries, city parks, employees, etc. will be slashed, will cause great harm to children. It's always about the children. It makes one wonder, he writes, if they have another plan, a secret plan, up their sleeves to defeat the repeal initiative. Election integrity, anyone? What do you think about that? Do they have a secret plan? What would that secret plan be? Let's talk to Art. Art, good morning. Your thoughts today? Well, Jeff, we all know that bureaucrats most definitely are very, very arrogant and do things that uh, aren't necessarily appropriate or legal. And therefore, you know, they're going to try every trick in the book to screw us taxpayers. You and I both know it. Yep. That's how government works. Not for the people. Not for the people, period. Um, and so <laughs> we shall see what we shall see. But the reason I called Jeff, now, this housing thing, uh, one of the reasons why it's so damn expensive uh, to do housing anymore is their climate change as my buddy would say, bull sugar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's our buddy Ryan. Yeah, bull sugar. See, see, Jeff, you know, government has gotten to where it isn't for the people, uh, that they always have their hidden agendas, and we know our illustrious governor is a Democrat, um, and therefore she's going to do anything to force her agenda. But the reason why nobody wants to build, uh, 
in uh, Portland and stuff is, as you said, all of the red tape and the garbage. And one of the reasons that is occurring is all this inappropriate crap concerning climate change. All the things that they're requiring anymore, especially in the woke cities, uh, to address cl- the bogus climate change stuff costs a hell of a lot of money, Jeff. You and I both know it. Solar panels, etc., etc., etc. And that's why nobody can afford to build in these woke cities and make a damn profit. And that's what it's all about, Jeff. It's all about profit. If you can't do something and make a profit, or it costs too dang money because of the bureaucratic nightmare of building codes, etc., etc., you're screwed as a builder and and an investor, and therefore you're just not going to do it. Right. You're not going to do it. Exactly. Well pointed out. There's the problem, Jeff. There always is the problem. problem. Not working for the people. Working for stupid things. Have a great day, Jess. God bless. I got another story for you coming up on Freedom Friday about our illustrious government. (laughs) All right, right, thank you. I got a great email from Linda about housing, and I'll read it to you on the other side this break, friends. Lots to talk about. Were you at the Salem City Council meeting last night? What did you think? Back in a moment. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. It is great to have you with us, friends. 503-589-1220 is that Power Buick GMC talk line. If you want to comment on, you know, the city, Salem City Council refusing Councilor Julie Hoy's motion to repeal their income tax that they could have put to a vote saying, well, let's let the people vote. And well, that's very convenient, isn't it? After you ignored the will of the people, the danger is that now. They give, this is what the Eugene City Council figured out, that apparently the arrogant stupidity of the Salem City Council and the mayor didn't or can't. Can't see it. Eugene City Council saw, you know what, if they got that many signatures to repeal the ban on natural gas for new homes and buildings, if they got that in such a short period of time, maybe we ought to think that This probably is not going to go our way in a vote. And it's going to get, now listen, listen to me carefully now. The mistake, the stupid, arrogant mistake, and I'm saying this and I mean it, of the mayor and the city council, is they have just given 
the proponents of repeal the opportunity now to campaign to repeal and to point out more wasteful Salem bureaucratic spending. And we're looking for it. And we're going to find it because it's there, folks. You know it is. And some of you who work for the city of Salem, you know it is. And we would love to hear your stories, which you can send to me anonymously, by the way. Love to hear your stories of individual cases of waste. The Salem City Council. You have given the opportunity, arrogant city council members and the mayor. You have given now the opportunity of your opponents to bring forth, to expose all of your wasteful, stupid spending. And this now becomes the danger to your political future. Because now, again, I go back to permanent political realignment, folks. Am I right about that? Am I wrong about it? Eugene City Council saw the danger because it's a threat to their power. Salem, apparently the mayor and the councilors are too arrogant to see what they've just done to themselves. It's stupidity. Without question. Hey, you know what? Thursday, we got rain coming. Ain't that great? Been any rain since, uh, I think, the 2nd of May. Temperatures are going to cool down. Now, we're right in that zone, right? Between hot days, cold days. It's coming, folks. And if your heating and cooling system isn't working, then maybe, just maybe, you ought to call Freedom Heating and Air. Yeah, Jess, I'll get to in a second here. Call Freedom Heating and Air. And I promise you, it will get out to your place right away. It's what they do best. One of many things they do best. Give them a call. They'll get your system ready to go for whatever you need. 503-580-1456. 503-580-1456. Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net. Linda writes about housing. East Albany is and will undergo a massive restructuring to happen within the next few years. It doesn't appear there are any zoning restrictions. Look at this way we will build housing for the homeless and we will buy it for them with taxpayer dollars. What a scam. Corby's got a great email about Maui. We'll get to that. Let's go to Jess. Jess, good morning. Uh, good morning, Jeff. All right. Uh, I used to work with this, this co-worker that is now in jail for doing stupid things. Uh -oh. Thank God. Well, anyways, to the point. Um, I queried of him a couple of years back when he was talking about this affordable housing, and I said, that's, that's laughable. I says, uh, I, I'm, you've been in the business, what, 20, 25 years now? Have you ever heard of Davis Bacon or Little Davis Bacon? I said, it's a fact that that always adds 25 to 30% more of cost because the government's involved. That's correct. So it's an oxymoron to say that the government is going to involve itself in providing affordable housing. Everyone knows, and Art pointed it out as well, the housing market is driven by uh, uh, demand, and uh, the demand is coupled with the ability to pay. 
And if we're going to be buying uh, affordable housing, my eye, for people who, A, can't pay for it, and B, don't care about it because they have no intrinsic value attached to it, they just live there, they're going to trash the place. You know, what, what, what's the rules? They're going to do what they're doing in these other places. They're going to be in there drinking and smoking drugs and selling drugs and complaining about the menu. I mean, what a joke. It is. It is an absolute joke. And it's another reason I'm going to have Kevin Dahlgren, the guy who has solved the problem for the city of Gresham, is now working all across the country about how you fix the homeless problem. And 90% of it is what you just said, Jess. It's addiction to drugs and alcohol. It's people that feel they have no hope and nobody's connecting them to the services they need or very few people are because the homeless industrial complex has to stay at the table getting yes. all the money, especially the nonprofits. Yeah, it drives the continued demand for all kinds of ridiculous bureaucratic uh, spending, as you pointed out. And so uh, why fix the problem? Heck, government doesn't fix problems anyways. They just prolong them, drive them forward. I mean, it's what a bunch of empty suits. That's how they justify their existence. Well pointed out, yes. Jess. Thank you. Appreciate it, folks. Back in a moment, the State Senator Dennis Lincoln on lawsuit forest fires. And a great email from Corby. So all of that. It's 630 in the morning. Don't go away. <laughs> You'll regret if you do. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. It's 23 minutes before the top of the hour. In just a moment, we're going to chat with State Senator Dennis Linthicum, our weekly Tuesday visit about the lawsuit that he and other senators have filed be able to run for re-election. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk, talk about forest fires, and I got some news on that. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Friends, My Pillow is one of our new advertisers on this radio show and KSLM.news, uh, a KSLM radio station. Now, folks, yesterday we told you that the those incredible towel sets that I, I bought some months ago before they were advertisers, I've never had towels that work this awesome. Okay, those six-piece towel sets are on sale for 50% off. They're back in stock now. They've ramped up production again. I can tell you personally, they work unlike any towel I have ever used. Hand towels, washcloths, they retain their softness, and they absorb water and moisture off your body like nothing I've ever had, ever, ever tried. They're, they're amazing. And you can get them at 50% off if you use the discount code PC23. PC is the acronym for political coffee, the name of this radio show. PC23. Go to MyPillow.com. Go to P and use whatever you buy of their 200 products. Use the discount code PC23. You get a great discount, and you help support this radio station and this radio show. 
in addition to all the great work that Mike Lindell is doing, which he trumpeted yesterday. You see the RNC came out with their resolution that, hey, we got to go to, we got to get away from the machines. Got to go to hand balloting. Amen to that. For sure. That's what Vivek said. Yeah. So, folks, go to MyPillow.com. So, guess what? Listen to this. Who said this? There is no climate emergency, quote. Therefore, there's no cause for panic and alarm. We strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy proposed for 2050. Who said that? I'll tell you who said it. 1,609 scientists, including two Nobel laureates, who declared climate emergency as a myth. And these are a global coalition of scientists. Now, we got forest fires going on in Oregon, and they're being blamed on the climate emergency. Let's talk to State Senator Dennis Lithicum about this and his lawsuit. Good morning, Senator. What do you think about, I mean, did you hear, I didn't hear that all these scientists have come together to declare that there is no climate emergency, that it's a myth. Did you hear that? Well, yeah. Why would they tell uh, the people meaningful information when they can spout their nonsense? The the environmental regime that's got a stranglehold on Oregon is ruining our state. This is destructionism writ large. Um, it is a time bomb waiting to explode. And without harvesting or forest breaks and and forest access roads and all of that, We'll we'll never get the upper hand on this because a lightning strike in the middle of the densest forest um, that exists in the United States of America will just ignite and and burn the whole place to the ground, which is exactly what the environmentals want. Um, They'll pretend to care about the, the, you know, greening of America. But in reality, what they're against is productivity and um, the ability for human species to flourish. And so their their goals get a little misaligned. They are intent on stopping human flourishing and prosperity and keen on saving the planet, which means you can't manage anything and um, and without management that Without management, your bedroom goes to um, pot in a second. I mean, you just can't keep it straight. So you have to manage it. You have to keep putting things away. You have to keep washing your clothes, just in case you didn't know this yet, Jeff. And, um, and, 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 and it's obvious. It's just obvious. You have to, everything we do takes energy. It takes energy to clean up the kitchen after you've made it, uh, uh, some bacon and eggs and toast in the morning. Somebody's right. going to have to come through and clean it up. And, and we, we think private enterprise can do a far better job that, um, than, than the individuals that are part of the bureaucracy and paid for, bought and paid for by the environmental regime. You're exactly right. And this plays into how is Oregon doing? I mean, how are they doing in terms of forest management right now? based on climate emergency, and how are we doing in terms of fighting the forest fires? 
Yeah, well, well, that's that's you know that's self-evident. Look around every morning when you get up, you wonder what's the sky going to be like. Some sometimes it reminds you of the the Soylent Green you know movie with Charlton Heston, where it's like, oh my gosh, look at this, and um, and we're in that same space day after day. There's another fire here, another fire there, and it's actually not. in in terms of quantity it's not large quantity but um it they're there's they're uh they have lots of acreage involved in these fires and so the acreage leads to uh smoke and somehow well here here's a beef that i've had in klamath county for a long time they have an air quality management district that only operates um, from November to, I think, April. And the air quality management district for all of Klamath County has one filter to check air quality. And the only thing that they're looking at is air quality coming from wood-burning stoves. So they call it PM 2.5. They're looking for particulate matter and they're managing that Oak Ridge also has a PM 2.5 problem. And yet nobody is watching PM 2.5 during these forest fires because it's not, quote, the forest uh, air quality management time frame. They only ah, want to manage okay. your stove and they don't want to manage their forest fires. And um, quite frankly, the amount of forest that gets burned up in these fires, you could you could put acres and acres of uh, wood into every wood burning stove in the state of Oregon and never even come close to the amount of um, fuel that gets consumed burned, and spewed into the air from a wood burning stove. That's exactly right. In the last three minutes we've got left, Senator, you guys, and you're part of this lawsuit challenging Measure 113 and your ability to run for re-election. So what's your basic argument? How's this, how's it going to play out? Well, we, we didn't, the, this is a, a request for, um, it's a petition to um, get a, a certification regarding what does the measure say and what does it mean? For example, in the constitutional amendment, it says, you can't hold elected office. And, and that's the language. You can't hold elected office. And then it, it, whether House or Senate, they both are in the game together. And um, does that mean I could run in the primary and win and I could run in the general and win? And then when I went to get sworn in, um, the chief justice w- would not swear me in. We, we don't know what that looks like. Does it mean I can't even file my paperwork? And that's that's what um, the secre- new secretary of state said. She made a ruling that says we're not even going county clerks, 36 county clerks across the state are not even going to accept your paperwork. And this is interesting because the, the, the most drugged out homeless individual in the, in the homeless camp or the slat camp, that individual, ha- I have a greater restriction on my ability to run for office than that individual. That individual could file the paperwork and be on the ballot 
uh, as well as uh, the local drug lord, as well as, you know, a convicted criminal. All of those individuals could run on the ballot, but not me, because I had a political statement to make. And I said, these bills, uh, uh, particularly the child mutilation bill that is known as 2002, that is unconscionable. And I will not allow uh, my presence during the vote on this bill. And so it's a big, big deal. We'll see how it weighs out. Well, I, I'm glad you're challenging it. And I think it's the right thing to do. And the nuances of the language of Measure 113 does open this door for the arguments you've just described. So next steps are what for you guys, quickly? Well, the first thing in the middle of September here, I'll walk into the clerk's office with my uh, fee to pay and file an application. And so I have standing, I'll file for application, I'll be denied, now I'll be harmed. And hopefully we'll get resolution from uh, this Oregon Supreme Court uh, determination. And from that, um, we'll go to the federal level because clearly what we have is the Senate president, the Democrat, threw essentially 10 people out of office because of their um, stance on a political issue. This is a clear violation of our right to speak, to have action, to file a grievance. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top there. Hey, call or hang on. I'm going to get you in just a second. Folks, if you're looking for a handyman or somebody who can come into your home and do a fantastic remodel on a kitchen, on a bathroom, you should talk to Eric Azer, Righteous Renovations. Check out his website, RighteousRenovations.com. And don't take my word for it. Just look at the great before and after pictures that are on RighteousRenovations.com. And then read the customer testimonials. You can go forward with great confidence. You can hire Eric Azer at Righteous Renovations. He's going to do the job right. He's going to work with you to make sure you're getting everything you want. And in a timely manner. RighteousRenovations.com. Corby's email is, I agree the Maui fires are being proven to be very suspicious. By the way, there's a Gateway Pundit story. They got a black curtain around what's called Ground Zero at Maui. Huh? And special police. What? Why? This is very suspicious. Anyway, he says they did block the people from leaving and the news is obviously being covered up. And we're not hearing what's going on. I do believe in directed energy weapons. And I know that we have the technology and even worse. As far as forest fires, I believe those are suspicious along with very bad forest management. We have to remember why using technology when those in charge would stand there and direct something like Antifa or others just to walk by them with a gallon of gas and matches and set the fires and claims it's a climate disaster to push their agenda. 
I also believe in directed energy weapons because they're real from space, folks. I'm not going to tell you how I know that. They're real. I can also tell you that we have the ability to detect their use. I'm also not going to tell you why I know that. The question is, were they used here in this circumstance? And would government, which we can't trust at all, sadly, would government tell us the truth about that? Because they know it, folks. Let's go to the caller. Caller, good morning. Who are you? What's on your mind? Curtis Grubbs. How are you doing, Jeff? Hi, Curtis. Hey, I was one of the few that was there. Uh, we had a great turnout, I felt like. We had uh, probably 10 people from our uh, conservative group that was there that not all of us testified, but was there to support Julie in her effort. Uh, this all goes back to the point that they were trying to make a mockery of Julie for voting uh for saying she wanted to vote, have a vote of the people. Uh, in turn, <clears throat> the people wanted to vote on this because they did not want to have this tax uh, being uh, laid onto their backs. <clears throat> and, you know, that, and this is why uh, the council is basically now saying, okay, you guys wanted to vote, so we're going we're gonna to force you to go ahead and let it vote. They're, they're not worried about wasting the city, city's money. Uh, and I, I think that their campaign is going to be that, uh, you know, you guys want to vote on this. Here's your opportunity to vote and let, let's vote. Their attitude was they feel that, uh, there's going to be enough yes votes to be out there to, to pass this. I wonder how much money the city's going to, going to waste to promote a yes vote. They already wasted $7,500 on a mailer showing why they needed this. Curtis, you don't let them do that because that's illegal. They cannot promote a yes vote or a no vote. That's illegal under two Oregon statutes. And they know that. So you don't let them get away with it. If they do it, you immediately file a complaint with the Oregon Attorney General's office, not just the Secretary of State, the Attorney General. And then you go to the Marion County DA and you say they're breaking the law. And then you go to the Marion County Sheriff and you say they're breaking the law. Do something about it. Do an investigation. That's how you stop any spending. Now, it's going to cost money to do this election. We'll have to get into that a little bit later. Curtis, thanks for being there. Thanks for doing what you did last night. We appreciate it. In a moment, I'm going to go to Gary. But, you know, folks, maybe the city of Salem would have been wise, maybe the councilors and the mayor, to have hired PacWest. PacWest Lobby, go to pwlobby.com. They're one of our advertisers. You see, they not only do government affairs at the state level, but they do public relations and communications for local governments. Whoever's the PR people that are running the city of Salem ought to be fired. Because what they're doing is miscommunicating in a horribly bad way. They're, they're going to get so badly spanked and rejected and rebuked. That's our opportunity, folks, for political realignment in the thinking of so many people in Salem that live there, that just vote blindly for the left, for Marxist candidates. Not just Democrats, but Marxist candidates, folks. This is our opportunity. They should have hired PacWest Lobby to give them good advice 
to manage their communications. You want to learn more about them? Go to pwlobby.com. pwlobby.com. Let's talk to Gary. Go Beavs, brother. Hey, Jeff. Go Ducks. Kickoff is this week, so it should be fun. Hey, um, shout out to Lithicum for uh, bringing in the forest. Their measurements are so absurd. Uh, he talked about the um, the um, having a, a, a fire in your house, uh, yeah. you know, in the fire stove, uh, wood stove. Well, what about the power plant over in Boardman that they closed because of too much uh, CO2 being released in the air? And you compare that to your average forest fire, how much CO2 goes up there? I mean, it's got to be a million, if not 10 million times as much. And not a word about that, but, uh, boy, we've got to shut down the power plant. Uh, we've got to shut down the uh, wood stove. We've got to shut down your gas stove. And no mention about the million times more pollutants that go up in the air from a forest fire because we're not managing the forest properly. Maui showed us what can happen if you have a fire uh, next to a city, which all of our cities are next to the forests, and the wind go in the wrong direction, and you have thousands, if not tens of thousands of houses burned because of forest mismanagement. And hundreds of people likely dead from it. Not to mention the idiocy of shutting off the power. I wonder how that affected the pumps, the ability of water to be distributed to fight the fires. I'm just... You know better than most because you're a fireman. Look at your town. What would happen if the fires came through it? Uh, If you have a bad wind like we had two years ago, uh, it would wipe your city out. And uh, Maui's given us a good look of what we're really talking about from all the mismanagement of our resources, turning into a tinderbox, and then burning our cities. Well said. Thank you, Gary. Go Beavs. Go Doug. Uh, Doug writes, is the gas tax enough? He says this is the end game for the unbacked fiat monetary system. The petrol dollar is gone. Saudis, UAE, OPEC nations have joined the BRICS. The government can't sell bonds to foreign nations, so now they will need a lot more of your money. He goes on, and he's so right. So very right. Folks, there's a whole bunch of stuff we didn't get to today about Joe Biden. National Archives has all these emails of his aliases. And then specific Hunter Biden emails. Not to mention some other things. Breaking news about what happened if a cop going door to door in Muskegon, Michigan for voter fraud. All of them. Maybe we'll talk about it.